0: guest on talk design today is the amazing Heather Folding. Heather is like a CEO or founder of F2 Inc, which is an architectural firm in, the, uh, in New York and it uh, deals all around the world, of course, and then also just recently formed a company with some others called 4 Plus, which is a group of architects. So she's going to tell us a bit about that in her interview today. Um, And some other really cool stuff that she's working on, like some really fascinating things. Now, I'm going to ask Heather just for, so Heather, before I ask her for this, Heather has an amazing body of work and an amazingly rich history of her journey. And I'm going to ask Heather to sort through those millions of amazing highlights because this is her thing. She creates amazing highlights regularly. Um, and just pick out a few of her journey that she can share with us. Heather, welcome to Talk Design, and please pick out a couple of highlights.
1: Okay. How do I pick those out? Do I tell you about being mugged by a midget on crutches? No. (laughs) That's not design. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, uh, well, I guess um, growing up in Johannesburg in Mm -hmm. South Africa, um, I grew up w- with this incredible um, um, African backdrop and, and light, and I guess my memories of South, South Africa, just as a child, are of incredible light, thunderstorms, sunsets, and, and um, you know, field trips to the game reserve and all sorts of things like that. And that kind of flows through your, your veins. But as a as a kid, um, I made sandals and handbags and crazy stuff. And when I was 13, I did a, um, a dress dress designing, dressmaking class, um, and got a diploma when I was about 15. But you couldn't do dress design in South Africa because you. My parents were horrified at the prospect of my going to work in a factory um, nice. to learn design, there was no, there were no schools for it and so on. And, um, and then I won a place in the, um, school for art design and music and it was in its, I think, second year. Um, so I went to that, um, got a place in that, much to my surprise and, um, finished my high school there. And that's when I decided that I would do industrial design or architecture. And I picked architecture, much to everyone's surprise. Um, And then, much to everyone's surprise, got into the architectural school. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, so, um, and every time I decided that I was gonna quit architecture because we were in this sort of really uptight British um, um, architectural program, I would go to the industrial design school and say, okay, I'm gonna sign up here now, which I never (laughs) did. So it's that's sort of the balance of the of those um, two things. So I studied in uh, in South Africa, and and then I came over to the States after I had done um, really five years um, in South Africa, and then I came over and did another two years in America, and. Um, um, so that that's the background story, you know, of where I've been. And and since then I moved to, I moved to New York and in a recession. I met my husband who was then the ambassador from South Africa to the UN. Wow. And um so met just amazingly interesting people because it was the time mm. of the whole Mandela um mm. change. So we, we entertained really, really sort of interesting people in interesting times and this whole ton of stories with that and the travel that was involved with all of that.
0: So that was around the 80s?
1: That was, I um, met my husband in 90. I came to oh, America in 78. 78. Um,
0: That's when you and moved in I the recession. I met my husband in
1: 90.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I,
1: well, I moved to New York in 1980 and I was in Indiana where I studied in 78.
0: Oh wow
2: okay so, cool. yeah
0: yeah cool yeah yeah um you you touched on growing up in uh in joburg and i I spent a couple of years living in Joburg yeah, a long time ago, probably similar to when you were leaving around that time, and um the thing that I'd never experienced before was a in the winter, you can leave all your furniture outside because it doesn't rain. And it's only when it comes to the change of season and those amazing thunderstorms, and I'd never seen like the hailstorms either. And I'm trying to think of the the flowers, the purple flowers. Um,
1: Jacaranda?
0: um, Jacarandas, yes. That's it. I've got a jacaranda tree in my own yard, and I'm saying I can't think of the name. The carpets of driving down purple Yeah, Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It it was the most stunning visual thing I have ever experienced in my life. It was. And we used to go driving once there'd been a storm. We'd go driving to go and find those roads.
1: Yeah. Like just, just so yeah. we could
0: drive down purple carpets. It was.
1: And then they pop when you drive down there. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. little seeds. Yeah. yeah. Just such a beautiful memory. And the smell of um, Africa, like, especially. The smell of
1: Africa, when you get off the plane, there's no smell like it. It's, there it's isn't. Expensive extraordinary yeah i I love that smell it's
0: the real earth like it's it's, yeah i i um i remember when i got there um just being hyper aware of like the the situation of south africa because it was still fairly apartheid but changing and stuff like that but what i couldn't believe was it was like a a bug that bit me, and once Africa, once you've been in Africa and experienced it, I think it holds on to you forever. Yeah, it, 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 for sure. It just for sure the land holds on to you forever. Just incredible. And the
1: way that you, well, the way that I see the world, like when I make furniture or art or anything like that, it just oozes out of me. You know, yeah. Um, when I'm working with clients, I'm working very sort of specifically with them. But when yep. I'm when I'm just doing things for myself, it's unbelievable how, you know, Africa oozes out of your yeah. pores.
2: It's, so
0: it's a yeah, it it's I'm a Kiwi originally and I know that there's resonance with um New Zealand in me that <clears throat> I couldn't explain. I can just feel. It's um
2: Yeah.
0: I, I and it's go, interesting
1: because you don't you don't really appreciate when you're designing um how much the whole carpet of your background that you've walked over is just, just floats out,
2: you know? Um, and,
1: and it's, it's really interesting how it floats out, you know, when you're, um, when you're working on things. So.
0: I'm fascinated also with that. Like I, I, I so agree with that, how it's in your DNA. Uh, What, another thing that fascinated me was your, your journey from, uh, the, the possibility of doing clothes design and I, I was a clothes designer for many years and I worked in joburg as a clothes designer and I worked for a company that had a, a factory in the free state and my <laughs> oh,
2: I used to yeah I
0: used to get in a in a uh, so I, I worked in uh in joburg down near the bus station sort of not the best part of town no
1: exactly where that was yeah
0: yep. so just Actually, I don't know whether it was south, east, east or north, but away from town, about two blocks from the bus station and um, further out. And I used to work there, and I, the company was a company called Peter's Knitwear, but they, um, at the time they had franchises to do things like World Gym and, uh, and jockey underwear and um, things like that were some of their franchises. And they wanted to start uh, developing into... Um, things that were more sports fashion based and so they employed this you know young guy from (laughs) from New Zealand who um said he could do it and got the job and hoped like hell he could and uh, I had this kind of big room and I had a desk and I I had to come up with everything the patterns everything and I was like yeah I can do that yeah no don't worry about me I got that and um I did it I did it It, 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 that was the the most amazing part of it and
1: was before before internet too
0: oh yeah way before internet and um I uh, my journey went that way now when I was at school I wanted to study um I wanted to be an architect but I'm dyslexic so normally I would be wearing a blue set of glasses which are blue filtering and so my marks would never allow me to study anything that was professional because whilst my art mark was, you know, always an A or an A plus, my, all the others were lucky if I got 50%. And so I just didn't have any doors that would open. So I actually started out, um, first of all, um, I, I worked in video production, but my mother wouldn't buy me clothes that I wanted. So she said, but I will buy you fabric. And, um, I'm like, a pain in the ass you are woman okay buy me fabric and my first business was actually making um formal trousers for tall skinny kids that i'd say give me that pair of jeans you've got i will take take a pattern off it won't won't damage your jeans and i will make you a pair of black formal pants for school that are the same as your jeans and so that was my first business that and making waistcoats very
1: cool yeah. And so yeah. I'd make
0: I'd make a waistcoat out of the other material and they would rock out to school in their flared usually, um, like black formal pants and they'd have a waistcoat oh. and they'd be all like a dude. And uh it was so so my journey went the, kind of the opposite. Similar of to mine. Your way. Very yeah, similar. But, but yeah. I had to go the clothing because, again, there was no, I couldn't get an apprenticeship as a tailor because nobody was doing apprenticeships as tailors because that was my first thing. I went, I'll go and become a tailor and understand it yeah. really from draping and all the rest. And in the end, I just became a self-taught designer and ended up running New Zealand's biggest um, design for New Zealand's biggest clothing company.
1: Well, that's it's- probably what I would have done. You know, um, but but I I surprised everybody by getting into architectural school, and then all my relatives said, uh, "You're just doing that so that you can marry an architect." So I was like, "Are you kidding? The last thing on God's green earth, I'm going to marry as an architect." So, <laughs> but it was also at the time where women could either become a nurse, a teacher, a librarian, or yeah, um, yeah. what was the other? You know, um, not much. So it was the prospect of my becoming an architect and. And through my entire career, you know, I mean, one time I went to interview, and the guy said, took one look at me, and he said, "Ah, oh, yes, we can go sailing on Tuesdays and Fridays." I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> 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 what am I here for?" Anyway, exactly. so yeah, yeah. So then, Being
0: very. You got to the got to America, and um, then to New York, and then you set up your own practice at some point or you work for others or you set up your own practice? How did that happen? Yeah, I
1: worked for, I worked for, um, I worked for, um, three different companies. Um, two of them were quite big. One of them actually sent me back to South Africa, um, where I did a bunch of retail and shopping centers and things. Um, actually I experienced the greatest sexism in South Africa of anywhere, um, which was interesting. Yeah. It was really interesting. Um, but, and then I came back, um, and worked for, um, the big the firm that did Ellis Island. And, um, I, I did a lot of work with, um, Ralph Lauren yeah. and, um, you know, I did quite a lot of, um, retail when I was with them, they, they really were more historic preservation, which I, you know, I, I did the New York Yacht Club, which was fascinating with, oh, wow. them, you yeah. know, with, I mean, you know, I, I, was I Ted Turner I and the America's Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, I I really only assisted on that because the historians all peeled sure. back, you know, 18 layers of paint to get to the original. And I remember saying to them, what happens if they painted the first time around and they said, Ooh, that looks crappy. And we are now faithfully going back, you know, to that, you know, to, to this burnt color. orange
0: building that yeah. looks like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So and anyway, that's um, but, so that though. was really fun. I, I love that. I'm, and It was a really big firm, and they grew. and 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 I have to say that I think the partners would also rem- they they, ha- they do because I, I see them and I and I'm very fond of them. But I laughed for four years in that place. I had such a great time. It was just so much fun. That's
2: um,
1: but and then I I um, I left and started my own company straight from there. there we a few clients who um left with me. Um, yep. And um, and that was in 19. 19- Eighty-eight, end of 1988. So, you know, I've been doing my own thing pretty much since then.
0: And do you have a, 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 is your firm like, uh, is it you and you subcontract most other things out or how many people do you have?
1: Well, there are um, three uh, three people who work with me um, in New York. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And then just recently we've um, linked up with um, Costa Rica and Los Angeles. And so our new firm is um, 4 Plus Design International and we now have offices all over the world. And the store that I'm doing in London, I'm hoping that we have a colleague in London who's going to um, open a branch for us there. And I'm in love with the idea of being in Amsterdam and there's somebody who wants to do a whole bunch of boat slips and I just can't wait to go there. So my Dutch client I'm hoping is going to give us a little corner and we'll have a studio there too. So, you know, wow. who knows, but you know, it's, it, it's just, it's great. And, you know, having, working with other, um, with my colleague in Costa Rica and Los Angeles has been fantastic because we've all been running our own firms. And so we have the same clients or well, similar clients yep. and, um, so much to share. So oh, much to share. That's
0: a genius. That's a um, that's that point of like beautiful collaboration and, you know, the meeting of the minds. I, I always think of um, of the book Think and Grow Rich with uh, Napoleon Hill's book, and he talks about there's if if there's your mind doing what it's doing, then that's one thing. And then if there is your mind and another mind that is like with a common purpose, then we create a third mind out of our two minds. Yeah. And that, it's absolutely. exactly what you're doing. And
1: yeah, absolutely. It's just awesome. And so we and and we now are amongst the three of us. We're doing a project in Costa Rica that I described as Mick Jagger is in his late 70s, early uh-huh. 80s. Yeah. And I'm sure he doesn't want to live in these ghostly places that are available for um, the um, the retired. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so we've
1: designed a really fabulous sort of rock star type, um, you know, place in Costa Rica, um, which we have called Moonlight Ridge and it, it overlooks the ocean, but it's in the jungle. And, um, single floor living, but so cool that you would not know it. So, you know, the idea is that it's a place that one can retire. So, it will be our first project without a client. And we're excited about to ask that. So, so,
0: so will you, um, with that client, with that project, will you shop it to find a client and then adjust it or will you build it? And we're
1: in the process right now of, of getting um, investors. Yeah. And um, we actually, I mean, we've designed it, we've got the, the land, we've got everything set up, and we're just setting up the financial structure. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have one client for the first 16 or 17 units,
0: Oh, gotcha. Um, no.
1: Then that would be awesome because then we'll pre-sell everything else. But we're actually now thinking that we probably will try to pre-sell So, you know, we're going to do a restaurant and we're going to make a farm on our property. So it'll be farm Uh, to table and, you know, the fishing boat stops at the beach there. So, you know, we've got this, you know, the idea of roving restaurateurs, and, you know, um, just, I mean, it's, I'm the oldest of the bunch by quite a bit, I think. But, um, and so I'm designing this with, with how I want to live, you know, in 10 years time, I'll be there.
0: It sounds fantastic. Yeah. It sounds really Yeah, I mean, fantastic. the
1: idea of living outside and um, having, you know, having the sounds of Costa Rica, mm. um, you know, the howler monkeys and the frogs and everything that are there, you know, around you. But to look at the ocean and to be able to go outside and shower and, yeah. you know, that yeah. whole feeling. But yeah. in a really crisp, very contemporary um, right.
0: Okay. Environment.
1: Thatched roof, yep. but, you know, glass and steel environment. So yeah. that's what we've come up with.
0: So a beautiful mix of um, traditional and, as you say, crisp and modern.
1: Yeah. The feeling, of, you know, the smell of rain on thatch, yep. which I remember, you know, as back a child back to Africa. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yet the, the big expanse of, you know, thin, thin steel framed um windows yeah. you know yeah. that that combo yeah so that's what we're thinking that'll be know,
0: beautiful uh, it'll be yeah. beautiful um with that um partnership that you've done do we will, will the business focus on residential will it focus on um you know um commercial or you know uh retail um you know we were talking We'll, we'll do earlier high-end and residential
1: High-end residential and and retail, um, both of those. Costa Rica w- will obviously be more hospitality and high-end um, residential. Yeah. Um, and then New York, Los Angeles. Um, we we just did a store in in LA, um, and um, Kurt um, has done a few stores, high-end stores there, um, and then. Um, you know New York and London and Amsterdam are the are the new areas where we're doing a bunch of stores and things so
0: uh, I'm going to introduce you to a guy called Kelly Vandermurva who is uh, obviously a South African lives in Sydney yeah and he, Kelly's a really fabulous guy a high, really talented architect and he does um, a lot of he, he specializes in hospitality spaces and um, beautiful work like. Beautiful. And talking to you with your um, background, your DNA of Africa, and talking to him with his DNA of Africa, and he's still manufacturing yeah, yeah. in Africa to bring to here cool. or to wherever else he's working in the world. But he'd be a he'd yeah. be a great person to I'll, I'll introduce you. Um, he's uh, yeah,
1: that would be great.
0: Uh, he's going to be our number our first podcast that we release. He's number one. Off
1: oh, the, that's off the great. Rate. Yeah. Especially seeing the hospitality, you know, that we're doing in um, that we want to do in Costa Rica, it'd be fun to always to have, you know, to have more people to collaborate yeah. with.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, Well, yeah. You, you'll enjoy him as well. He's, and he, uh, he's very much. Um, he gets the 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 picture of when we were talking before we started recording. We, we talked about. Um, when when you're doing a brand, so a retail brand, and you go, let's say it's a clothing brand, and understanding the client, the 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 the, the fabric of the of the clothing. When I say fabric, I don't mean like the cloth. I mean the the story. brand story, the, whole, the story. story, yeah. And then weaving that story intricately into the interior. Of a, or, or the yes. exterior of the building that is going it's to present everything. the story. It's, it's, yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's everything.
0: That's Kelly to a T. It was like um, you and him will just go, Oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah, got that. Got that. You'll just elevate yourselves beyond because it's so much about what is the brand? Who are we delivering it yeah. to? And what does it take to deliver it to them so that they are constantly intrigued and on a journey? Yeah. And that's that a that's, that's you. Yeah. how
2: do
1: you want them to feel when they're in the space
0: yes. that's everything yes
1: and so you know creating that theater um, for how people feel when they're in the space yeah so you know we're working on a store right now where um, they are incredibly in, involved in the story of every single launch they do they have a philosophy they have and they they're sourcing internationally and um, really interesting um, subtleties to each launch but they have a they didn't really weren't really expressing their whole story and um, so you know we, we the store that we're doing is is a little crazy i have to say but it's fabulous and it, it's them a hundred percent but you know drawing that out and taking them away from a very contemporary soulless store where people would walk past and just think oh there's a store with crazy clothing in it yeah um, to tell the story of their very afro-futuristic clothing line so that you know the whole environment is created with that is amazing so,
0: you said afro-futuristic tell yeah me more. that's
1: well, it's four. Um,
0: Tell me what you four can. Four
1: young, well, four young Dutch um, guys um, whose parents came from four parts of Africa or three parts of Africa, really. Three guys, and the financial person didn't come from Africa, but um, three completely different parts of Africa, and they identify really greatly with Africa, mm-hmm. and they spend a lot of time there, and um, so their clothing line is very, very popular in. Um, in europe particularly amsterdam which is where they're from sure and um so they're launching in the u.s and they fell in love with a little building that was falling down literally falling down and you know we looked at other spaces and it's a corner building and i said okay i get it i understand why you want this we didn't actually know how badly it was falling down until we started but um i said but you know what this can be a billboard this can be like just a huge billboard for you because yeah. it's just a five-year lease. And one of the worst landlords I've ever worked with. But um, but literally we could take the bricks out by hand. Yeah, that was how nightmare. much it
0: was falling down.
1: Yeah, it was just something else. So we, we've had to do you know a lot of remedial work. But I said, forget, you know, because it's a corner building, we, well, there's no way we can fix this, um, you to the way that we want to and because Africa is so amazing at repurposing really creatively you know they make those things out of little electrical wire and every you know just amazing stuff so the facade is going to be um out of soda cans and uh yeah yeah it's, it's pretty cool
0: but, you know, and in Africa, you see them make, they'll take soda cans and they'll make them into all kinds of things. Like you say, they, they do, yes, whatever, yeah, repurpose yeah. everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we, we wanted them to do this in Africa um, and it wound up just being way too complicated. I mean, there's 10,000 cans that had to be <laughs> cut and folded. Um, and, I, you know, so I set up the prototype and then... Um, I have to admit, we actually did quite a few ourselves, but we did, you know, we did get a local community, some older people and we got as many, um, because we wanted it to be about the community and sure. to, uh, for for them to be involved in the the process. And, um, and during the pandemic, there's one big war that we weren't sure what we were going to do. So eventually the owners said, I trust you just, you know, come up with something. So, my daughter and I have done a mural, uh, a map of the United States out of tiny little rolls of newspaper. So <laughs> so that's gonna be pretty cool. And you know, now with everything that's happening in this country, when they open um, after, which will be October, I think,
2: yeah.
1: um, it's just gonna be amazing. So, yeah. um, you know, cause we were going to do something in graffiti over this map. I'm not sure what that's going to be now, but it's changed.
2: Yeah, right.
0: Well, and it's such so a...
1: you know it's just going to be very cool. Yeah, we're it's a probably... 12 foot wide map, so it's this enormous piece.
0: Wow. Yeah, we're yeah. we're in the, we're in the fastest moving period of my life so far when it comes to uncertainty and change, and yeah, it's it's. Uh, Driven a lot by America, there's there is a lot of fear, a lot of panic, a lot of polarization of people. There's, um, yeah. It, it's, but you know,
1: you, you know, South Africa um, when it went through all yeah. of its metamorphoses, yeah. The best art, the came most creative, um, you know, uh, adaptive reuse, the most phenomenal art, all came from South Africa. Every time I went there, I was blown away.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. With, it, it Adversity it's, creates creativity. Oh,
1: just um, unbelievable. And, you know, I mean, that, that um, art gallery in Cape Town, God, it's just
0: oh, fantastic.
1: Um, and so, yeah, so many amazing things in there. Now, the one with the, in the silos. I've yes, I, I, I
0: know the one you mean. I haven't been, but I yeah. know the one you mean. Um Kelly introduced so, me to it and I was. when like, I went wow. to
1: Australia just you know just because I thought oh I'm going to see all this amazing art When I got to Australia and I was like where is it you know that there's yeah. not the adversity there there's not the change and you know so I think a lot's going to come out of this pandemic uh, and you know we've all had a lot of time to think and a lot of time you know to um I'm supremely irritated or whatever it is that's happened. And you know, out of that comes change. Um yeah, I'm hopefully lots of creativity. I'm certainly have a few things cooking that that will come out of it.
0: <laughs> I think I'm a bit the same. I go, so we've got opportunity here because when the status quo gets broken then it it gets fragmented and when it when it fragments we can actually go you know what this fragment here is one I can be a part of or this one over yeah. here I can be a part of and I can apply my creativity and my passion to 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 go after this piece like and to benefit a myself on the journey but be you know a client base in a community and and beyond by doing something like yeah. that
1: but also just having the time you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, who am I kidding? Because now we work around the clock. About you know, to say things. you have any time. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's, um, I'm not. I'm I'm not having to um, go to people or travel yes. to. Um, I mean, I was going to be doing a lot of traveling this year, and I've done none. So, yeah. you know, not ha- not doing that, you would think would be frustrating. But keeping my jammies on all day for a month was pretty fabulous you know (laughs) so uh, you know i I mean i I work like a maniac but um you know being able to um, um and not every day do i feel like i want to do anything but you know um when you when when you have the focus it's great
0: yeah look i i think um i'm with you on there it's like to do the same thing over and over and over becomes boring, and so that's why a you're always looking for um, the people who will bring projects that are new and extend you, and that you have to grow with to 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 do because it's not just a rope. We have put this out there, and then on the other side of it, um, you need for all the uptime that that takes. You need the the downtime to consolidate as well. It's like a it's like yeah. a it's switching on, off, on, off. Yeah. Um,
1: so I did a line of, of furniture and, and my greatest love is making chandeliers Yeah. and, you know, I did some really crazy chandeliers on, in my time and, um, and, and I did a, a line of chairs and, and I have a really interesting line of chairs cooking and I'd like to do some more, um, some more chandeliers. I mean, right now, I've got to finish the mural and, Um, I'm doing some um, pretty funky stuff in the store in London. And that's also the arts and craft side of it is making all of the prototypes for,
2: you
1: know, and and this store will also, this time we're going to be repurposing the garment industry has the greatest waste of fabric. Mm -hmm. So we're going to, you know, be um, repurposing fabric for the fabric of the store. So um, you know, the interior. So that's gonna be fun. And That'd you know, we've got exciting. the concept and now we're now, you know, it's just a matter of making the the first pieces.
0: Yes. You know, a, when um, you say making them and like you and your daughter did it, you're you're physically making it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so for the soda cans, for example, I've folded a million different soda cans in so many different ways. I wrap them around you know um, rebar yep. you know for foundations because I yep. thought that would be really kind of cool and I could get a span and then I realized that was going to be too complicated to get to the community and we would you know it would have seams and it would maybe unravel and blow off the building and so on and so forth and eventually I took a can cut it in half and I folded it so that we could get the color and uh, make a mosaic with the round can and the colors and that's that's what we did and you know and then it's a dutch clothing company so it needs to have this that gable and dutch story and that feeling of being in an old dutch warehouse but very a, a very african feeling and then the clothing should feel like it's in a museum because it's really cool and so all of those elements came into, you know, into that story. So, um, you know, and then um, the newspaper was, because the, the story is called daily paper, it just made sense. Uh,
2: and we looked yeah. at
1: using all sorts of daily paper, like, you know, Xerox paper and magazines and phone books. And, yeah. and um, we played with all of those elements. And then at the end of the day, we decided we're launching in America, and so we're gonna we're gonna make the map. And um, state by state, we made the map in little itty bitty teeny weeny rolls of newspaper.
0: One so, of the things is it's also broadsheet newspaper is a dying. When I say dying, it'll be like vinyl. It'll become a specialty. Um, you know, like vinyl. I records. think so,
1: but everybody wants to hold a newspaper still. It's like like it's so like many people want to hold a book.
0: Yeah, or, exactly, a book. or a book. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So um, you yeah. you were talking about your chandeliers, and it reminded me of um, and I might have the name of this wrong, but um, do you know the uh the the singer and um musician Tim Finn, who was a part of a band called Crowded House, and uh, they they were a no. New Zealand band that went global um and there was neil finn tim finn and they started out as being uh they didn't have the name crowded house i'm trying to think what they were called anyway bunch of new zealand guys very very talented and um made it you know big on the world scene as musicians and his wife had a shop in uh up in auckland and it was called Sharon Delier, I'm pretty sure. So it was like Sharon D'Aleer, and her name was Sharon. Um, and she just did these most beautiful one-off art piece chandeliers. And yeah. uh, it was it just one of those amazing things, you know, like had the yeah. space to do well, it.
1: To give you an idea, that the the one piece that I did, I did for an AIDS auction. Yeah. And... Um, they asked all the architects who worked with celebrities to pick a celebrity who would endorse the design.
2: Yeah, right. And
1: I happened to be working on I happened to have a couple of clients who were celebrities. But my husband was ambassador from South Africa and we were um entertaining Mandela at the time, so I um um asked if I could work with him. And so we did a chandelier, which was a beaded um, sort of almost like a, a beaded cage in the shape of an egg for rebirth. And then, you know, sort of sprouted out. And I, I made the carcass and I took it to South Africa to work with um, the ladies who bead because I yes. wanted it to yes. be about them making it. That was a bit of a disaster because they kind of ran off with my beads and you know, all sorts of things, but <laughs> I got about half of it done. And then I brought it back and I finished the beading, um, you know, finished the beading and put it together. And um, I am told that Julia Roberts bought it and it's within wow. her New Mexican, uh, New, New Mexico house. You know, a lot of times you're not allowed to know who, who buys yes,
2: exactly. where they
1: hang them. But i have always, I've always wanted to know if she still has it and how much she loved it. Cause it was, children um holding the light bulbs around the center of it so children around the world holding the light bulbs and there were all sorts of meanings to it so that was one and then the luxembourg i mean the Liechtenstein ambassador i did a um crystal and um um, brass mesh piece that was all magnolias and each magnolia was made out of brass mesh and they lit up and um you know really um and then i did a palm chandelier and you know most none of them were at all um traditional and, no. and i love i love and that's what i mean by oozing out of you you know yes. the africa just kind of yes you know just flows. comes out
0: just just flows out. yeah oh, that's And i realized fascinating. when i was
1: rolling little bits of newspaper and and now i'm back to Folding cans and braiding fabric <laughs> and things for the store in London. I realize how much I love making stuff. Actually, so,
0: physically creating stuff yeah, with your own hands. Yeah, physically.
1: Yeah, And I think that's how you're able to visualize how the pieces all go together. Um, it's like you yeah. know when you're doing when you're when you're an architect and you haven't been on site and haven't had the experience of watching them pour that foundation um, and. Figuring out how you can get air through without a big, fat, bloody, awful grill and everything else. And you see the complication of how that happens enough times that that you can do it, you know. And I physically yeah. am not doing that, but I'm almost physically doing it because, you know, when you've seen it enough, at least you understand their, the difficulty of your team, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. the same thing when you're making these little bits and pieces. Like when I knew I was going to have to do ten thousand cans, everybody rolled their eyes, and I said, "You know, it's you need a pair of scissors." Yep. And you're all set. And then Dave, who's this awesome guy who I work with, who does uh, construction and never rolls his eyes when I tell him all the crazy things I've got in my head to do, he said. Oh, yeah, we could make a little piece of wood and we could do this. And then, you know, it'd be really easy. Sure. To, everything yeah. could be the same size. And yeah. so, um, so we, you know, it's, hopefully it's going to be awesome.
0: Oh, I, yeah. I would say undoubtedly yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, is, um, yeah. yeah it's How be beautiful.
1: October when that opens. Yeah.
0: October. So we'll be looking for the launch and, and maybe, um, Maybe what we'll do is is uh, get you back in October, and once it's opening, or at the opening, or something, we'll maybe try and do some podcasts. Yeah, and by then
1: I'll have my little my little line of chairs done, and then I can reveal what those are.
0: Yes, I'd be excited to see those as well. Um, (laughs) I've got a final question, which would be for you: if you had to give, um, maybe an established architect, maybe somebody starting out um or and, and maybe not an architect maybe a designer you know it could be a a clothes designer or it could be an interior designer um what would be one sort of like tip secret um you know you heard it here first kind of thing that you would say this is this is the the essence of what will what will change your thinking to take you somewhere new or take you to where you want to be what would it be?
1: I would say never, ever abandon your intuition.
0: That is perfect. <laughs> uh, isn't that the truth?
1: Because if you're true to yourself and you really plug in to what's happening around you, you you'll always get it, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but if you let people push you around and talk you out of it and, you've, and you're and you constantly feeling like you're going against the grain. First of all, it's pain all the way. And secondly, the karma of what you produce is just never right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's all about listening to that, to your stomach and to your, to your, your um, intuition.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's um, probably such a powerful, powerful lesson to learn that, and, and you saying that, and looking for be, being aware enough of yourself to know when it's feeling right, taking that breath. Yeah, it's
1: hard. Of, it's not. It's not yeah. easy, especially when you're starting out. You know, I, I've in my life I have only ever told three people to be architects. Right. Because when people have come to me and said, should I? I've said, if you're asking me, absolutely don't.
0: Yes. Yes. Because,
1: you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's just something you've got to be passionate about. And I think, you know, for that same reason, you know, when you go into doing architecture, you've got to be really clear um, that that's what you want to do. And you've got to want to do it with all your little soul. And, um, it's, it's, I, I find it very depressing to see, you know, some of the people who got into the profession and yeah, you know, it's a nine to five, you know, and
0: yes, it doesn't embody. I the...
1: lick, yeah. I'd rather like Samson be in the post office if yeah. it's a nine to five, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. So. I, I, I totally agree. I go a life without, um, at the fulfillment of doing something that you're passionate about and you, you could design any number of things, whether it be clothing or, you could have chosen automotive. You could have chosen anything. I mean, clearly creative and capable and um, got enough uh, of the analytics that make it work as well. So it, it, your journey could have gone any which way. It landed on yeah. architecture. And, you know, I, I interviewed a really fabulous architectural photographer um, from Austin, Texas. And uh, I said to his name's Leonard Fomansky or Fomansky. um and uh, I said to him, how did you know, Lenny? How did you know when this was it? And he said, well, I tried so many other bits and pieces along the way. And then I went, you know what? And this just, he said, when I saw it, I knew it was me. I knew that was it. Yeah. I, I, I I started and I, I was I studied and I had these professors. And he said, I just couldn't sleep at night to do this thing, you know, like it was. And, and, and yeah. the intuition piece that you go is he, um, I said to him, so Lenny, if you've got a space and it's dark, what are you doing? he said, because he won't take lights to a shoot. He goes, I shoot it dark because it's dark. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. And he said, well, if the architect has meant for it to be dark, then there's a reason for that. And
1: yeah, well, sometimes it, they do, and sometimes they just don't.
0: Just depends whether they know what they're doing, but that's the thing, you know. Like he said, yeah. I could light it, yeah. but it might show what the architect never intended. It might change the mood, and um so he only shoots natural, which is, I love that, because um, he says that's how it is truly seen, and he might shoot it over, it might be a house. It might take him a few days to shoot the house because he wants it in every possible piece of light that it could come through. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's a. a That's real, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just an absolute craftsman of creating the magic in the space. But uh, yeah. yeah, fascinating. Um, I need
1: his number too.
0: Okay. I, w- I will hook you up to Lenny. He is awesome. <laughs> like, you'll love him. Yeah. He, he's got interesting story as well. Like, very interesting story. Um, he's he's a yeah, fabulous guy, really fabulous guy. I had the pleasure of uh, traveling with him and another friend of mine from Texas. Um, I got invited to the Texas Society of Architects conference uh, this year and I snuck out of Australia um, with the start of, you know, COVID sort of being something and got to America and uh, we flew up, together in a friend's plane um from austin to el paso and did the conference in el paso and i I literally got back into australia and i think within two weeks they would closed australia down but lenny and lenny and tim and i all flew up together and
2: uh oh cool
0: yeah just in a little four-seater plane and uh tim was the pilot and um we flew up there and so we got we, we had an Airbnb together, and Lenny, of course, knew more about the um, architecture of El Paso than any of us because he'd been there and shot it before. Um, oh, and So yeah. he, he had all the, the the right buildings and the right places and he'd shot some significant cool. works out there. And so uh, he was a bit of our tour guide. Um, nice. So yeah, really, really cool, really cool. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I think, I think that would be a fun thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, yeah you'll you'll love him you'll love his energy and his passion you'll just um yeah <laughs> he's, he's great he, everybody really calls him Leonard I call him Lenny um and uh, I said to him I said are you okay with me you know it's kind of a bit smart ass really calling you Lenny when your name's Leonard and he goes you know what man he said uh my grandfather You're Australian. yeah my grandfather called me Lenny and he said so it really resonates with me
1: oh that's great
0: and, uh, yeah, like
1: in South Africa, you know, um, because I was making a statement, and also, you know, really was hopeless at Afrikaans. Oh.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> a friend in um, in my in my Afrikaans class in high school, who was British, um, the the um, her name was Caroline, and every time the Afrikaans teacher said Carol, opstan and she stood up one day and she said, if you're going to call me Carol, then you can call her Hetty, and <laughs> My, because <laughs> Hetty is sort of, you know, really yeah. Afrikaans name. And from that day on people called me Hetty. And so now when somebody screams out Hetty, I I immediately know it's a very old, it's an and old, old and friend. dear friend. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. love
0: that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna um wrap this up here. Although okay, I, thank do want, you for I do want I do want you to time. St- stay online after I've done my little close because I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, okay. So Heather, uh, thank you so much. That was just incredible. I'm really looking forward to a seeing the building in New York uh, with the cans, and b your furniture that you're going to get out there, and also what uh, you're doing with Four Plus. I think that's going to be just amazing. Um, to see the, you know, what you're doing with Moonlight Ridge, it's going to be something else. It's really special projects, and to have that mastermind group like that where you're in a, in a firm where you're just working off each other and working to everybody's strengths. I think it's just an absolute beautiful gift to be able to bring to the world of architecture and to other people without it becoming corporatized. Corporatized. So thank you so much again. Absolutely oh, brilliant. a
1: pleasure. We'll get you in Australia with us next.
0: Ah, yes, I'd love that. I'd love that.
3: Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being... Pressure on fees. I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch- chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're gonna get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either gonna react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.